Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Down goes Duffy. Oh, Frank Mir does it again. Rock em, sock em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, we are back, and it is great to be with you as always. Sunday, February 20th, 2022. It is episode 337 of the Anakin Florian podcast. From Charlotte, North Carolina to Boca Raton, Florida. 104 p.m. Eastern on the screws. I've slept about 45 minutes. I feel sharper off the top than I did last week. I got energy today. I got my say coffee. I can promise energy. That's all I can promise today. Dude, I don't even know how you know what time it is right now. Uh, those those cross country flights are brutal, man. And the so, time uh, change, like yeah, I mean, man, you got to toughen up. Uh, yeah. You were calling some fights over the last few days as well. I was, I was. We had a little PFL Challenger series, you know, trying to find some new talent to the PFL. Uh, we found one. We found a, right. a, a, a right. tough Brazilian kid. But uh, yeah, kind of a new thing, like a, a reality show kind of yeah. merges with with fighting, and uh, yeah, not bad, man. 
I was prepping, catching bits and pieces. Ken Flo was letting yeah. the comedy fly a little bit on the commentary, which we appreciate, you know, banging on Sean O'Connell's myriad <laughs> tattoos. Um, but Conan Silvera, he of American top team fame, his son Josh wins by submission, talks a little trash afterwards. No contract, huh? Yeah, you know, it was tough. You know, you know, I, I think he struggled a little bit more than everyone thought he was going to. I, I think people thought he was going to run through and just kind of let his grappling skills, uh, you know, fly out there. We didn't quite see that. Listen, he's undersized. He's probably more of a 185er than he is a 205er out there. Still, he got the win. But, you know, it's just like the Dana White Contender Series. Right. A win doesn't guarantee right. you a contract. You got to go out there and, and, and perform and impress and um, you know, I, I think he'll get another shot later on down the line, but um, still, uh, you know, good to see him get, get out there, perform and get a win. And you guys got a lot of help on that broadcast. I find myself jonesing for a little bit more Ken flow, but uh, I digress. <laughs> uh, headlines this week brought to you by oddshark.com, the most reliable source for sports betting information with the latest odds, insight and analysis on everything UFC. We would strongly encourage you to check out oddshark.com slash UFC to get all you need to know before placing bets on the upcoming fights this weekend. The Oddshark Fight Center is live. Big resource for fans and the media as well. All the matchup information compartmentalized in a nice, ingestible way. Oddshark.com also giving you a compilation of all the odds from various sportsbook. Compare prices, opening, closing, uh, and their ex experts, Joe Osborne included among them, insightful and not at all rookies when it comes to MMA. They have been invested in mixed martial arts and handicapping the sport for a long time. So check it out in advance of Islam Akashev and Bobby Green this weekend. Every click also supports the Anakin Florian podcast. Oddshark.com slash UFC. Don't forget the second desk. Let's get to headlines, shall we? Headlines. It's time for headlines. I have some very urgent and important breaking news. Headlines. On the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. All right, UFC fight night. Walker versus Hill. Cody Mero was screaming from the goddamn rooftops to anyone who would listen. Jamal Hill, round one TKO, plus 225. Um, yeah, Jamal Hill by first round knockout. Light heavyweight contender. Um, you know, if you're asking me now, future number one contender title shot slash champion or not, I would certainly be in the yes category with this guy. I think he's a special talent. Unique confidence unique brand of confidence with this guy and just bring trotting his son around it's like whole thing planned you know probably bet on himself plus 225 what'd you think of jamal sweet dreams hill um he is graceful he is technical he is composed uh and he's a killer when he needs to be uh he, that that's just like the perfect mix and and everything he does i think is just it's pretty to watch and he's one of those guys that in my mind, is a martial artist. He doesn't necessarily look like the most intimidating guy. He's not physically gifted right. as, say, a Johnny Walker is, right? But he goes out there, uh, and he's an absolute sniper. Uh, landed that beautiful shot. Um, and again, he, he is more of a scalpel to Johnny Walker's hammer, and he's so precise, landed when he needed to, took him out, uh, just clean performance yet again. This is this is a dude that people are sleeping on, uh, and I have a feeling that after that last performance, people are going to be that much more ready uh, and, and perhaps prepared for a, a big time star in that division. 
I look forward to seeing him grapple again. You know, I think the Paul Craig fight, while not an outlier, would be very competitive in a rematch. Paul has a fight coming up with, uh, I think, Nikita Krylov. A lot of the guys in the top 10, top 15 are booked, but Jamal Hill's going to get a big fight. And uh, for Johnny Walker, man, obviously this is tough. You know, he invested a lot in this training camp in himself. Uh, it was a spar-heavy training camp. You may have heard me sort of say a couple of times on the broadcast. I don't know if that's uh, here nor there or what. Um, I don't know if he's a chinny individual at this point in time. Um, but Jamal Hill, man, he does have that sort of throwback-type power. It touches you once. It's like touching you. Just the bodies just like fly to the canvas, you know? Scary yeah. stuff. Absolutely. He did a great job of utilizing the energy of Johnny Walker against him. As Johnny was uh, was coming forward, that's when he landed the shots. And when you see those, the most devastating car crashes when two cars are kind of colliding into each other, and yeah. that's what happened. It was just the intelligence uh, of Jamal Hill, which was the difference. And um, again, I, I was blown away by everything about it. Even, and I actually went and kind of was looking at the post-fight um show and listening to him he brought his son out there who very quiet yeah. uh, young kid and um you know he, everything about how he handles the interview too is graceful like he, he's slick man like he told me a lot without even his fight game like the way he handles the interview and how mature he is and how he raised his son like you see this is not your regular fighter like he's got an intelligence and a maturity to him that is pretty rare, in my opinion. And ice water in his veins. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's a little octagon at an apex with 75 fans or big arena. I think he's going to shine. I hate to sort of ask you what you think the ceiling is. Um, I'll preface it by saying he is a grappler first, has a very good head coach in Chad Pomeroy, a very good team. He's a good teammate, not unlike Israel Adesanya. Uh, he's got a lot of components of a champion. Um, and the division... I don't know if it's wide open right now. I mean, it's pretty crowded. I mean, Ankalaev yeah. feels like he would get a title shot, certainly before Jamal Hill, who probably needs a winner too. Um, what do you make of Jamal Hill big picture, and what would you do with him right now? I agree with with what you said there, John. I, I think there are some guys that are ahead of him. Does it mean that he's not going to be a champion? No. I, I absolutely believe he can be a champion. Um, you know, with that Paul Craig loss, I think – that's the kind of loss that's going to drive someone like Jamal Hill. That's the kind of thing that's going to motivate him and get him to shore up those weaknesses uh, that perhaps was exposed in that fight. So, yes, does he need to improve his grappling based on what we saw? Yes, but I do think he has absolutely all the makings of a champion based on what I've seen, based on how he handles himself, based on how he has climbed back in that division uh, with the adversity that he has experienced. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the ceiling is very high on him, and I would not be surprised in the least to see him as a 205-pound champion at some point. I would think a fight against a Vulcan Uzdemir would, would maybe make sense at this point. Uh, he's a veteran. He's another good striker. Uzdemir has greatly improved his grappling. Uh, I think that would be a fantastic measuring stick to see exactly where Jamal Hill is at. Cody, if you wouldn't mind getting the poll results, Anik Florian Pod on Twitter for the poll question. Who would you like to see Jamal Hill uh, matched up with next? Man, my contact lenses are bothering me. If you're watching on video, by the way, they look red as hell. Looks like I just drilled a backwood to my melon in the backyard. I did not do that. Uh, I just haven't slept, so I apologize for uh, for that. All right, so divisionally speaking, 
Glover Teixeira, I think he's still 42 years of age and not 43. He's the champ. The number two ranked contender, Yuri Prohaska, will be fighting him. Jan Bohovic is the number one contender. He was to face Alexander Rakic in a main event March 26th in Columbus, Ohio. I would assume that fight is going to be rebooked. I don't know exactly. Anthony Smith is number four in the world. He's a good friend of mine, a colleague. I don't know that he would have the appetite for the Jamal Hill fight. I mean, Anthony Smith, I think, has been in like 10 UFC main events, if I'm not mistaken, something close to that number. Wow. He wants to fight the number three guy in the world, not the number 12 guy in the world, not unlike sure. Dominic Cruz and other guys who are trying to fight up and not down. Um, and Anthony Smith, the, you know, the consummate workhorse, maybe that would I, – I, I like that fight, right? But I understand my friend ain't trying to fight down. Um, Tiago Santos is five. Magomed Ankalaev is six. Those guys are fighting March 19th or something like that. No, March 12th, I guess it is. Um, and then Dominic Reyes, right, is number seven in the world. He's lost three in a row. Volkan Uzdemir, number eight in the world. He's lost two in a row. So I think it very well could come down to Reyes and Uzdemir. Dominic Reyes has been out for a long time. Um, but I would imagine, all right, 46% of our uh, respondents like Dominic Reyes, 31% Anthony Smith, and then I think I combined Vulcan with uh, somebody, 11% for Vulcan. All right, well, we'll see. Either way, um, must-see television, Jamal Hill. It's like you can make your red eye when Jamal Hill's fighting to the ConCom crew and everybody else. You can make your red eye, you know. Jamal Hill ain't going 25 minutes, you can be sure. I, and the confidence, I mean, I can't say enough about it. I led – you know, the main card on camera with it. I mean, he's just, it, it just, it can't help but rub off. I think Cody's right in the ceiling is the roof. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see uh, if the Craig fight comes around again and, and everything that he can do at 205 pounds. All right. Managing the clock here a little bit. Kyle Dawkins over Jamie Pickett catch weight of 195 pounds submission by Darsh choke at 459 of round one. Uh, your thoughts on the choke. Uh, talk us through it as only you can. And ultimately, um, I guess I would ask, should the coaches be screaming at Pickett? There's a second left, you know, don't tap. Yeah. Listen, um, I'll do my best here. I, I, I do think that when you're in half guard, you know, sometimes you, you, you get a little lazy and you're blading your body. You're turning towards your opponent in an attempt to get that underhook. But in doing that, you open yourself up to a Darce. And that becomes particularly dangerous against a guy like Dacus, who has used that technique in the past, who has those long arms, who knows how, knows how to apply it. Um, whether you're in half guard or not has nothing to do with whether you can finish it or not. You know, I, I know that Dom thought maybe it wasn't a threat. There absolutely is a threat. It's a threat. Um, I think that's one of the more dangerous uh, spots to hit it. Uh, and it becomes uh, particularly a problem if you are bladed and turning your body. So actually, he would have been a little bit safer if he was able to kind of get his back uh, to the mat a little bit. That can be tricky if you get your arm behind that back so you can't turn. Dacus knew that. Dacus had it very tight. He was aware of how much time was left. Um, not a lot anyway. Uh, so yeah, I, I was surprised that you know, uh, Pickett was in there for so long and not doing anything about it. It seemed like he wasn't trying to move at all. He was just trying to fight it out. And with the choke, you can't out-tough a choke. There's only so much pressure that your carotid artery can take. There is no out-toughing that. You, you know, you can delay it, but you got to move and you got to create space. And he wasn't doing that. Uh, Dawkins did a great job of sticking with it, being persistent, and getting the submission with literally one second to go. Um, 
awesome performance, man. His takedowns were on point. The way he yeah, was, you yeah. know, getting him to respect the strikes and level changing. He he looked really sharp last night, man. He's a very good fighter. And Kenny came into our pre-show meeting just raving about Philadelphia's Kyle Dawkins. He's really good. He only had one win to show, I think, for four UFC appearances coming in. Should have had the win over Kevin Holland, which would have been a huge uh, green stripe on his Wikipedia page. Uh, so. Cody nicknamed Chris Dawkins, the heavyweight who will headline against Curtis Blades coming up on March 26th. Chris Dark Horse Dawkins, right? And Chris responded to it. He said, I'm not going to have Bruce Buffer introduce him as Chris the Dark Horse Dawkins, but uh, he liked it, right? So now you got Kyle going on the Darce Knight Dawkins, you know? And so, you know. Shout out to to the Anakin Florian podcast producer because he had something to do with the Darce Knight, which made it on a microphone inside the it. US Octagon. Um, all right, Jim Miller. Okay. So he had a, a, obviously a bout with Lyme disease that he has since been able to control. It's my understanding that it never really goes away. Um, but he sort of thought competing at UFC 196 and then UFC 200 that he was going to retire at UFC 200, right? Had he retired at UFC 200, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer, right? Like, do you remember we were talking about Jim Miller and Dan Miller making their UFC debuts on MMA Live in 2008? You know, it's 2022. And rest assured, he'll fight injured at UFC 300 if need be in 2024. Um, legendary career. He, I, you know, I hope he'll be healthy enough to get to. But to think that the guy who had to battle this is going to be the guy that ends up having the all-time record for UFC appearances. The wins are great. The wins are great. I'm more impressed by the appearances, if I'm being honest. Oh, no, no question about it. It's um, it's very impressive how durable he has been, especially given the fact that it's not this isn't a guy that, you know, knocks people out necessarily in five seconds all the time. He's not a guy, um, you know, who uh, doesn't get hit a lot. He, he's a workhorse out there like he is your typical blue collar style fighter who has been doing it and doing it with that style for so long, yet he is so incredibly durable. I think that's a testament to his mindset, um, to how he has adjusted over the years as far as taking care of himself and all those things. But again, you you, you created the backdrop. You, you, you gave the backdrop there, the fact that he's had Lyme disease, like that takes its toll on you. You know, all that stuff he's dealt with and still has pushed through to have these many wins in the UFC, man, like, my body nuts. hurts thinking about it. I know. He is tied now with Donald Cerrone for the most wins in UFC history with 23. His next UFC start will be his 40th walk, which means he's weighed in at least 42 times. I know at least one fight within the last 12 months or so went away uh, after he weighed in. So um, all the props in the world to the legend Jim Miller, and I really think he's a Hall of Fame fighter at this point in time. Um, and Nicholas Moda too, man. Like. I think he's a really good fighter in defeat, man. Like, he works hard. I was very impressed with him in our fighter meeting. Um, his English, he's just traveled all around the world working so hard. And he's put in, you know, what amounts to three UFC training camps to have one UFC debut. And obviously, it, it did not go swimmingly for him. But I know you liked him in the fight, and, and yeah. so did Vegas, you know? 
Yeah, listen, I, I think he's really tough. Um, I think his toughness kind of uh, became his undoing there a little bit. He stayed in front of Jim Miller a little bit too much, and he was happy to just go out there and trade. He needs to create more angles, needed to feint a little bit more uh, and, and respect Jim Miller. I think he was landing some shots, and he thought he was going to be able to you know, be the, heavy hit, the heavier hitter out there. Um, and I, I think with some more slickness and a little more experience, um, I, I think he's going to be – Okay, you know, so uh, but a, a tough lesson for him. Uh, you got to respect uh, the veteran Jim Miller. And uh, I think maybe he underestimated him a little bit uh, and, and paid for it. So if you get bored, go to Jim Miller's Wikipedia page and close your eyes and just think of a name. And I guarantee you he's fought him. It is incredible to look at the the talent that that man has faced. Uh, and I guess you fight everybody. I mean, at this point, just give him a date, right? Just give him a fucking date. Doesn't even matter who's on the contract, right? He will fight newcomers. He will fight anybody that you put in front of him. And, uh, you know, my hat tip to New Jersey's uh, Jim Miller. All right, Joaquin Buckley and Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Much was made of Commander Dale Brown in the corner of Joaquin Buckley. What'd you think of the uh, the fight? I mean, if you're Buckley's head coach, you got to be like, this is fucking interesting, isn't it? <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Hopefully the commentary team knows my name too, you know? My God. Yeah, seriously. I, I was thinking about that, you know? Um but it, it seemed like it was it was mostly a marketing ploy, right? Uh, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it helped him. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it, it uh, you know lost him or some it respect. Helped him, Who man. knows? I mean, yeah, exactly. Not, let's, yeah. Not, let's not discredit uh, Dale Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, either way, it, it was an exciting fight. These guys went after it. Um, you know, they were throwing down. It, it was it was relatively close, I thought. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Al Hassan showed some improvements on the ground. I thought he showed some improvements in, in regards to his grappling. Both guys looked absolutely jacked in that division. And, um, yeah, I thought a pretty solid win there for Ver Buckley, who seemed quite fired up. If Al Hassan wasn't so scary, I would call him like Abdul Razak Al Gassan because he just gasses <laughs> out, man. You know, he's trading at elevation right now. Uh, yeah. I, I think he was saying a lot of the right things going into the fight. Um but Buckley really felt like if he could extend him, he would be the the fresher man. And I do think largely for Al Hassan, you know, his offense is limited by the, the that cardio fear, which uh, I can't really relate to, you know, because I can stop running outside. Right. If I do, you know, right. But I don't know. Listen, man. I thought I thought that, uh, you know, he seemed to finish strong. Um, I think that what you're probably alluding to are the times where he's kind of, he takes his foot off the gas because he is afraid of push. Right. So it seemed like he saved it uh, going into that third and it served him well in that third round. He was able to push the pace there, but there are times where he's kind of relaxing out there a little bit. I still think it has a lot to do with him being uncomfortable with a lot of the grappling situations with a lot of those exchanges when it comes to scrambling on the mat. And to me, that's going to come with time. You know, I think there's both the disconnect of understanding the technique and then let it settling into your body where now you're kind of you're breathing through it and just kind of chill um, when you're doing something new. And when you're doing something that's foreign to your mind and your body, you're going to freak out a little bit. And I think that is where we see a lot of that, um, you know, tiredness. Uh, so I, 
I don't know. I, I, and I think that's a lot of the case with a lot of people going into their UFC debut, being tired as hell because emotionally they're so yeah. fired up, you know? So I don't know, but for Al Hassan, he's got a lot of experience now. If he can, um, you know, who knows, you know, he, he, his back might be, uh, up against the wall here with the UFC as far as, you know, his losses in a row, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I, he's a, he's a good dude and, uh, and such an exciting fighter. Obviously all of his wins are by first round knockout. You know, his longest win is four minutes and 21 seconds, but I don't know who it was. Maybe it was somebody at dinner, Zach or somebody last night talking about on a night on which Jonathan Pierce over 15 minutes, I don't know if you saw this prelim, right? But like Jonathan Pierce, if you didn't, um, just puts it all on the line, like for like, just goes so hard, takes a massive elbow to his cranium and walks right through it. Right. And it's just like, I don't know, juxtaposed against, you know, some of the fatigue in that fight. It's just like the commitment to be great, to be a UFC champion. I, I can't relate to what, what you guys all do, you know, but I just think it, it just as one example, Al Hassan living in Texas, you know, going to train in Colorado, you know, you have to be so all in, you know, mm-hmm. and one of the three judges had him win in the fight. You know, I'm just saying like, Right. Now, I don't know if I expected more overall. I didn't expect them both laying on the ground after afterwards the peak of exhaustion, but um, maybe I'm being overly critical. Um, all right. David Onama over Gabriel Benitez in the featured <sighs> prelim. Oh, I should probably put some shine on Parker Porter in case T- Tyson Chattier's listening. Um, Parker Porter's got a three-fight winning streak in the UFC heavyweight division. I thought that was the best version of Alain Bodeau. Porter really is tough, man, and he knows how to dig deep. He adapts mid-round. Tyson is a, is an elite, um, you know, mid-round corner man. I can't speak to him in the gym, but I, he's probably excellent and elite there too. Um, but Parker Porter, sneaky winning streak here. What would you think of uh, the heavyweight from New England? Yeah, I mean, showed an insane uh, amount of toughness. He was eating a lot of jabs out there, but he stuck to the game plan. He believed in himself, kept pressuring forward, um, and – it was on the ground where he was getting his, you know, having his best moments of success out there uh, and just outpositioned him. And I, I thought that really was the difference. It was close. Some of those early rounds. Yep. Um, but the fact that he was able to take a lot of shots uh, and continue to press forward and stick to that game plan, I thought was really impressive. Uh, another good win. Yeah, I, I agree. I think his opponent looked really sharp. Uh, he moves really well for a, massive dude yeah uh but in the end uh yeah that was great uh cody chimed in but was feeling himself too much you know that's kind of his fighting style smiles a little bit really just enjoys like being in a firefight if i can call it that um and then porter low-key getting more physically fit every fight that's absolutely true he is getting leaner he's all in like he's absolutely all in and, and reaping the benefits uh david onama you know on on my short list of, of favorite fighters knocks out Gabriel Mowgli Benitez and Benitez just always comes to fight, man, you know, yeah. always bonus chasing, always knockout chasing and land so many devastating strikes. But, uh, you know, obviously paid the ultimate price. What do you think of David Onama uh, really shining through a couple of UFC appearances, kid? Speaking of toughness, uh, yeah, I oh, mean, he, he ate a big shot. Obviously, it looked like it was affecting his right eye a little bit. Uh, and he continued to press forward. He was throwing right back. Like neither of these guys were giving each other a break. This was nonstop action. Benitez started out hot, landing a lot of leg kicks, and Onama just kept pressing forward, uh, decided to start to back him up. That's when he started to find more success and ended up hitting 
one of the nastiest knockouts I've seen. Like, huh. it was one of those shots where, like, is Benitez going to be okay? Like, it was one of those where he just put him out, dude. And the follow-up shot was nasty. It, it was it was a shocking knockout just the way it went down. And it was, it was a back-and-forth uh, fight up into that point. But Anama's got some serious power. Uh, and some serious tenacity, man. That was a fun fight and a and a nasty knockout. And those asking, James Krause will be back on the podcast, most likely making picks before UFC 272. But, um, you know, Jimmy Krause can be a little bit reserved with the smiles. I don't know that I've ever seen him so happy uh, <laughs> than he was after David Onama did that. And uh, he did his 50 Gs. But, you know, they pulled him aside. They pulled Onama aside to give him some message before his post-fight interview. I don't know if it was like, hey, call this dude out. I hope they didn't say, go ask him for the bonus. Because if you are a UFC fighter, bit of advice. Like, there's a way to handle your microphone and make them want to even more give you the bonus. Um, the begging for 50 Gs ain't the way to do it. But he got it done yeah. uh, regardless, you know. But, um, yeah. Um, all right. David Onama, future star. Chaz Skelly uh, in his retirement fight. You know, I, I just have to say, seeing him on the scale, man, like it's a hard cut for Chaz. Like you can just tell in the fighter meeting when they say on a Thursday or I guess it was Wednesday, uh, I'm about to go cut weight. And you just know it's for Chaz, you know, it's just it's hard. And gosh, man, like seeing his frame on that, he's just so there's nothing on his thighs, man. Nothing yeah. there, man. It's nuts. Um, but I just have all the respect in the world for for him and what he's been through physically. And, uh, you know, he has a full-time job now selling roofs. Uh, but he's 19 and 3 and, you know, several fights above 500 in the UFC. Just, you know, body abandoned him. He goes out on a really high note and uh, he really upended Mark Striegel. Did you see Chaz by chance? I did not. I saw highlights of it. Uh, really happy for the kid. Glad that he's got other stuff going on. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's extremely impressive. I mean, what a record. Uh, and to do it in the UFC, uh, I think, is, uh, you know, especially impressive. He, he has had issues, injuries and all that stuff. He's huge for the division. Um, and uh, I thought that was one of his better performances, you know, based on, you know, the, the, the highlights that I saw and the recap. Uh, it was good to hear. All right. So I have to. Because I defended Keith Peterson uh, in that whole Dominic Cruz sweepstakes back in the day, I have to do this for uh, objectivity. So, but Chaz, and I hope you don't mind, Chaz Skelly, that I'm bringing this to the podcast, but, you know, just messing around in a text after the win, he sent me, tell Dom I got one in on Keith Peterson for him, you know, because Keith was the referee and he got a couple extra shots in there, just messing around, obviously, and we hope Striegel's okay. Um, But I showed it to Dom and he kind of uh, got a kick out of that. But I have to say, um, and I hope that any referees, officials, judges who are listening to this, I have the ultimate respect for these people. I really do. Um, I, if I could defend them as a collective body more, you know, without just getting a whole bunch of noise in my life, I would. Um, but to say that Keith Peterson hasn't been willing to adapt since the Dominic Cruz, Henry Cejudo fight would be ignorant. You know, it's like right. he is understanding that maybe I'm not saying he's admitting that that was premature. He'll probably defend that stoppage until he's blue in the face, you know, um, and he won't be blue in the face from cigarettes and beer, you know, but I just, I don't know, man, I feel like he has amended his style a little, little bit and his leash is a little bit longer based upon that stoppage, you know, and it happened all right in front of Dominic Cruz. It's a very interesting dynamic. That's all I got. 
Yeah, listen, I, I think any intelligent person is going to be open-minded. you got to listen to to any feedback that comes your way, whether it's critical or not. Um, and doesn't mean you have to accept it, but it does mean yeah. you have to listen. And I think yeah. Keith Peterson's been around the game, and I think he's humble enough to yep. listen. Yep. Um, and I agree with what you said. Maybe he wouldn't go back and change what happened in the Dominic uh, Cruz fight, but I, I do see some adjustments being made for sure. Keith, again, no matter what, you know, he's – been one of the more consistent referees he's been one of the best referees in the sport period all right well one guy who doesn't like this midday sunday time slot uh is raymond peter longo let's get to ray it's now time for the ray longo minute i want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest that's what i want the ray longo minute starring ray longo the john annick and kenny florian podcast great great fight for the kid we had a rough weekend but uh couple of guys came out on top and it was uh justin was one of them and man he just he he's he's almost like uh he's just his boxing is on point he's those type of fights he's gonna win 10 out of 10 times it's just wow. that's the way it is he's the he's that good and we'll see what happens but he just definitely reminds me of that nate diaz nick diaz type of style where wow. You're going to hit him a couple of times and you're getting hit with eight punches coming back, you know? I so I thought it was a great, great fight for the kid. Shout out to his dad, Ernie Montalvo. Yeah. I'll tell you, that guy, that guy just saves the day every chance he gets, man. What do you he, mean by that? Well, I mean, he drove, he drove me there and back, which is, you know, which was That's nice. Ask, huh? I mean, dude, yeah, he's, he's got to deal with you in the back. car for how many hours? No, no, listen, oh I mean, God. but he, he drove me there Wednesday night and then came back home. You wow. know what I mean? So, I mean, the guy is just – there's nothing he won't do for this kid. It's a great thing to to watch and observe. And uh, I think Justin said it in his post-fight interview. I mean, like, Gurney is – you know, they got they just got a great relationship. And, you know, the kids come a long way from somebody that was getting yelled at in the gym every day to, man, this, this motherfucker can fight. You know what I mean? So, it's a, it's a – it was a great – great to watch him grow. It really is. And uh, – We'll see where it takes him, but he's 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 very good, and that's his style of fighting. And I think he's going to beat nine out of ten guys easily like that. And he's undefeated, right? Like two and zero or something. Just getting going. Am I not mistaken? No, he's five and zero. Yeah, five, five and zero with four knockouts. Yeah. yeah. See, I mean that it's exciting. These are nights that the family's going to remember, and you're going to remember for a oh, long. Oh yeah. Time. Ernie Montalvo is a listener to the Anakin Florian. Podcast. Oh, big. Wow. He supports Let's everything. Go, Justin. Let's go. <laughs> um, Ray, it looks like you got a haircut. Would you? For the love of all things sacred, just center yourself on camera. Uh, Cody, I mean, really? I got to do this can't, every week. Wait, can't Cody center me? You know, it's like, oh, I'm stuck on a little couchy. I can't move. Or maybe the viewers don't care because of their blind. Wait, your other you left. Really your other anything. left. There we go. How's it's that, brother? Fine. You know what? It's, yeah. You oh, go. look at there that. There we go. I love that I'm catching strays here. I mean, what am I doing? Hey, Cody, <laughs> you should be able to center me. Stop down here. I mean, we're live to take, you know? I took my contacts out. I can't see a thing right now. We do appreciate this, though, because I understand you had a late night. I texted you that I was hurting, and you kind of texted me back like, you have no idea, yeah. right? And where are you right now? You came back home? I flew the red eye, yes. And uh, yeah, I slept prob- a little bit on the plane, and, uh, you know, I'm paying the price. We'll lucid enough. First class? <laughs> uh, no, it was no. not. Uh, no, I was in coach. Well, we flew a jet blue leg, if you really want to know. Okay. I don't believe they have a first-class cabin, if I'm not But mistaken. you had the extra leg room. <laughs> this guy, man. I'm just asking. It's unbelievable. Kenny Ken told me to ask you. Kenny, it's it. not for me. Kenny said he texted me before the show. 
So they asked him if he threw first. I swear <laughs> this is crazy. Kenny, I tried. I don't know. I used to joke with Ken Flo, right? Because like there would be times where we would maybe feel bad when we would see somebody on the crew or, you know, walk by. Um, and, you know, it's like I'm like burying my head because, you know, it's like if Stefan Struve walks by, it's like, dude, take my fucking seat. I'll go. By, to feeling, bad, by feeling bad, John means we'd chuckle as they walked by. Yeah, right. right yeah. Wait, to find feeling bad, though. <laughs> well, no, I would just joke. Because right, that's the best like, thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, poor bastard. You know what it yeah, is, Ken? Exactly. That's why this guy's all for face masks, so they can't identify him when he's in yeah. first class. Hey, he hey, puts on two face masks. Do, do you know why announcers historically sit in, in business class? Do you know, Ray? Do you have any idea why, like, that would be a thing that would be negotiated in contracts for announcers? Uh, yeah, I never really gave that any thought. But please make my Sunday and tell me. <laughs> well, we can certainly move on to Jamal Hill. No, no, no. Go, go, no. This is far more interesting. You want me to take an amateur MMA fight? Is that what people want me to do? Right? Because, uh, no, it's because, you know, when I fly to Australia, I got to work hard and hit the fucking ground running and no 28 fighters and yeah. complete a sentence, you know. So they want me to be fresh. So when okay, I fly okay, to listen, Perth, I get I mean, uh, John, trust Sorry. me, nobody, nobody deserves to fly first class God, more both. than myself. But right, you're, right, you're right, second. Fighters, right. <laughs> of course. I mean, if I were if I were anybody trying to affect change with the fighters, certainly the athletes, it goes without saying, should fly first yeah. class uh, or get different agents. All right. I got to really be careful the rest of the way. All right. So <laughs> Justin Montalvo, we covered. Dennis Bazooka. Bazooka had another great victory for him, too. Yeah, these, these guys both came nice. through. And, uh, you know, Aviv Gonzalez lost, uh, you know, he went out there swinging. Might have not been uh, the best game plan, but, um, you know, he tore, I think he tore his ACL and broke his ankle in the first round. Oh, but it man. was, uh, but I think he's going to, he's 21 years old. He's got plenty of time to grow and he proved he's got balls. That's for sure. So I think yeah. that's a great sign. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to really grow a lot from this fight because he's got the time to do it. And he already like, again, it was uh, it was a crazy fight, but he I wish he was relaxed a little more. But uh, he definitely got a set of nuts on him for sure. So that's good going forward. And then we had a couple other losses. I think James Gonzalez lost a close decision, probably could have scored that fight either way depending on what you were looking at. And uh, I think uh, man, Lauren Brachier and um, uh, Manny Flores both uh, suffered losses. So everybody fought well. It was uh, that was a tough weekend. We were spread out all over the place. And uh, sounds like it. Yeah, you it was crazy. Last night as well, right? Yeah, Friday and Saturday. And what time did you get home last night? Uh, I got home about quarter after two. And then we're banging the drum for you to get on the no, podcast. So, so that that's and, actually right. that part that part's right. actually normal for me. All right. Because the, the listenership, I mean, the comments suggest that most people tune out if you're not here. Um, all right. So we talked a lot about Jamal Hill. Were you able to watch Jamal Hill at all? I saw the knockout. I saw the first three fights and I saw the knockout where he he starched him, which Jamal, look, I thought Jamal, I like Jamal Hill. Like I like anybody that could box. They got heavy hands. And uh, I think that's a huge thing. And he's he's going to, you know, he looked great in that fight, you know, against a very unorthodox Johnny Walker. Kenny, that was a little scary with Johnny Walker going into the, uh, you know, it's like these guys so long and come up on that octagon like that. I mean, it was just, uh, he kind of braced, kind of posted a little bit with his hand, which I think maybe made it less like 
fewer miles per hour, perhaps. Yeah, but I mean that that was a brutal knockout. Do you you see his his toes just like raised up to the floor before before he even hit the mat? Like his feet just were frozen. They just froze up, and you see him just fall like like a falling tree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was a nasty knockout, man. And Kenny, there's something like when you're like five ten and you go down. That's right. a big difference when you're six six. six four, that six, just has yeah, exactly. a, that look is just brutal. That's a and the, the follow up shot didn't help him either. That follow up shot was super precise and and uh, yeah, that was nasty. Of all the things that make Tom Brady great, and I'll keep this brief, but like yeah. he's enormous. He's huge. He's absolutely huge. He's like six four and a half, six five. You know. Oh wow! Um, I didn't realize he was size that tall. He's huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, I huge. felt like my, I felt like a toddler shaking his hand. You know. <laughs> Um, and Brock Lesnar has big hands, but they're big top to bottom, right? Whereas Francis Ngannou shakes your hand and it like shakes your arm, you know, yeah. but Brock doesn't have a huge hand, you know, uh, anyway, uh, am I boring you? Right? Wow. Kenny, what happened? Earth, Earth versus links is what we're talking what, about here. What no, happened wait. to What happened to him? So today? You, you don't, you don't enjoy the content at all today, huh? I I'll love it. I, I know. Wait, hold on a second. Oh no, I literally love it. <laughs> did you, did you get to look at Brock Lesnar's toes by any chance? Hey, you know. no, I'm just asking. <laughs> I want to know. Oh, Ray, no, fire. I didn't. I didn't. Right. I didn't. Is there something you wanted me to investigate in case? No. Okay. But when Johnny Walker fell, did you hear it? Could you Remember? hear it? Like if, if nobody the was falls, there, right. if nobody <laughs> was in that hear? arena, would right. him falling, would that have made a sound? That's what I want to know. It's an important I don't philosophical so. question. It didn't make much of a sound. Okay. You know. yeah. So it backs up that tree in the forest theory. Right. That's good. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. I think we lost him. He's gone. <laughs> no, I'm mean, just going back to my notes. I mean, I, you know, I haven't. Right, what do we got? Come on. Let's go. Well, what else we got? I had, I have three other items for you. Did you watch any of the Super Bowl? No. That's not one of the three items. Not a lick. Does anyone in your house watch the Super Bowl or the halftime show or any of that? I think my girls did, yeah. You think they did, but you don't know. Uh, No, I'm going to say they did. See what I mean? It's like like (laughs) deceptive like my oldest daughter. I have two daughters. One lies, one doesn't. No, no, I think I think they did. I don't know. But I can yeah, ask I'm them. Sure to be sure. I'm just no, trying no, to, I just I'm just trying to tell the truth. I, I don't know. I, I heard him talking about it, so I'm assuming they watched something of okay. it. Okay, right. they don't they don't understand football. If that's what you want to know, they you know they just watched it for the wrong reasons. I'm yeah. sure. All right. Well, that was not one of the three remaining items I had. Uh, right. Number one. So, um, much was made of this commander Dale Brown from the Detroit Urban tactical i i have it on my notes i'm nothing without my notes but did you know did this surface with you this sort of viral uh self-defense commander who ended up in joaquin buckley's corner i um i did no i did see see it i did not i don't know a lot about it but i there was somebody on i guess instagram that was making fun of him maybe or something but I saw, like I saw, I, I, know, I saw, the, I saw the clip where he's got him in like an arm bar and he's, yeah. he's moving the wrong way. Like the fingers to the throat. Uh, yeah. Detroit Urban Survival Training, my apologies. Uh, in Ferndale, Michigan. Thanks for the exact street address, Cody. Um, let's no, let's just get to Jim Miller, okay? Let's oh, man. I mean, you know, I, you know, Like, you got to just admire the body of work. And, um, you know, one thing that came out of our fighter meeting, it sort of dovetails with what Kenny was saying about him earlier. He just said his inner monologue is like throw, you know, 
even if you're not trying to hit the target every time, just throw, just throw, be busy. You're here to fight, throw. And then when he got cracked early, you know, it's like throw, just throw. And you, I don't know. He's a special individual. I think that I agree. I couldn't agree more, man. The longevity and the consistency that this guy has, I, I believe is second to none. Yeah, no, 100%. Right? I mean, he's yeah, no, been, yeah. I mean, this guy's and and he's not slowing down. It's I mean, crazy. How old, how old is Jim now? I mean, I remember him from years ago. Not yet forty. He's got to be approaching though. Yeah. Again, I'm useless without my notes, but maybe thirty-eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I'm saying phenomenal. Wonder, like, what this guy's done. He's been to contention. I know he's had at least a four-fight winning streak. Uh, but I don't know how, you know, did he get to number five in the world at any point? It's it's truly remarkable. Uh, and I think he has a great chance to retire as the all-time wins leader, right? Because in theory, he's going to stay more active. Um, and this fight, I guess, would probably, you know, put him out for four or five months after taking a crack like that. Maybe not. But, uh, yeah, man, you were uh, admiring him on, on social media I saw over the weekend. So Yeah, no, no. I, you can't say enough about this guy. Plus, I just – look, I like the guys that go in, they fight their balls off, and they're humble. You just talk to them, and you could just tell they're good people. The braggadocio guys and all yeah. that bullshit, I just I, – I, for me, it's just not for me. But I'll, I'll take a guy like Jim Miller any day of the week, man, just a grinder and a – a, a guy that seems to be almost getting better. Maybe didn't he have Lyme disease or he had some problem yeah, where yep. maybe that those you know, those shackles are off and he's he's been he's been looking really good. What's your read on Jamal Hill? I mean, you said braggadocious, right? And I don't I see Jamal Hill as confident more than cocky, right? Um, and he just so happens to back up. 90% of what he says. Obviously, there were some lessons learned in the Paul Craig fight, but um, h- how does he strike you? Because you seem to like him. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, again, I, I haven't really... I, I don't. I haven't listened to him enough. I, his, it was yeah. a little weird the interview, right? He went. Uh, I really wasn't following his interview, but it seemed like he was holding back from being too... Uh, yeah. Right? Well, it's like like when you or... think you're the best in the world, right, and you feel like that for a long time, obviously, like Adesanya kind of felt like when he entered the UFC, yeah, uh, he was ready to take on. Oh, he was chirping right the from world. the beginning, right? Okay, without a um, doubt. And but Adesanya didn't have anything that amounted to like a Paul Craig type setback, right? So, but Jamal Hill, I think, is like, dude, people don't understand. Like, I trained to beat to beat the champion, you know. Like, yeah. so um, I don't know. I just think. I just thought that was an interesting take. All no, right, I last, think he, uh, it looks like he's on the right track, though. And he, uh, that, who was the guy that went when they asked him who he wants to fight? He went and talked to his manager. Was that him? He walked back. Uh, Somebody no. did that, that right? Didn't... Pierce, no. Uh, oh, man, I, I was forget. that? Yeah, I think maybe it was Pierce. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It was funny oh, though. Yeah. Um, all right, last thing, uh, Kyle Dawkins out of Philadelphia. Anything on that before we let you go? Pretty I didn't see the point. fight, but I'm happy right. he won. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that fight. Sorry about right, that. That's uh, no, that's quite all right. That's all I got what, for you. Anybody else we need to shout out? Yeah, if go I ahead. had to go back and look at two fights, which fight should I look at? I thought Jonathan Pierce against Christian Rodriguez. It's a prelim fight. That, Jonathan that was... Pierce, one of my new favorite fighters. Benitez Onama. Yep, David O'Connor. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go, sure. yeah, because I want to look at a couple of the fights, but uh, oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I would, I would. Chad Ann Helliger had a pretty good knockout. 
Uh, and then who's the guy who was training with Marab in uh, in Vegas? I think that was uh, Jay Perrin out of New England, formerly wow. with Sid Yard Tong. All right, Raymond. <laughs> I got a lot of love for you, but we're going to let you fly unless you have anything else. How's Aljamain Sterling doing? He looks very strong right now. He's uh, We're going to get really cracking this week. This he, he came back last week, but you know he went to Jersey. Then he came back home. Everybody was scattered all over the place. So yeah. Uh, he's definitely, I had, I talked to him. He said he's feeling absolutely phenomenal. So I'm taking that as we're going to have a great camp. Hey, hey I'm guys, really so excited. I, yeah. I, I, I may be there for that fight. So we may have to organize a little dinner. Wow. That's well, what I'm talking about. Make that a promise go. though. All right. Yeah. I mean, don't tease me. What, what do we, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, let's, I'm going right. to be there. Let's right. put it that way. Cause yeah, I get two wow. tickets. All right. Yeah. So I have one ticket remaining. One ticket has your name on it. Kenneth Florian at Will Call. No, I really am excited to see what you can do against Piotr Jan, right? Because Wait. honestly, on Jan's right. best night at times, he looks like the best bandweight I've ever seen. So, no, look, this is the, obviously this is a hard, hard yeah. puzzle to crack. There's no question yeah. about it. So, it, this is, but that's what makes it exciting, especially for me, because if he gets the job done, it'll be just that much sweeter and I, I'll be able to enjoy it more. And I, that's what really motivates me at this point is something exactly like this. So I'm very excited for it. Should you. be good. I love it. I just love Wait, it. Wait, so, right? John, you, you, have one setting? you have one ticket left? Well, I, this is breaking news. I, yeah, I had two at the start of the show. Uh, can you hold one for me? <laughs> you got to talk to Cody. No, honestly. I'm I'm I w I'm gonna try to buy some tickets for Jacksonville for people. if Ray, if Ray gets a tattoo of the Anakin Florian <laughs> then maybe <laughs> right Whoa. on one of the cheeks there, Ray. Oh shoot, man. Ray, you don't have any tattoos. I got my no, no tattoos. I got my yeah. right cheek safe for that though. Yeah. Uh, yes. And would that's gonna be, be a big ass tattoo. Let me would tell there you. be an amount of cash in a briefcase that would get you to tattoo the podcast logo on your forearm, like where my 209 tattoo is. That's a good question. Like, uh, when you $10, say an amount $10. of cash in a suitcase, $10,000. Oh, definitely not. $10,000. That's about, that. that's about eight cold brews. <laughs> what are you talking about? $25,000. in a Definitely not. No, no, no. We, we got to go. No, no, it would be 500 grand or more. <laughs> so what if, what if it was in a location that nobody would see? <laughs> 250. $250,000. Yeah. Right, 10,000. What, what do you think you're talking about? I, I, Some fucking kid from the guy school who doesn't cash my four figure check there ever. You, if you want 10,000. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I tell you, I was uh, I donated that to uh, my dog Lucky's fund. <laughs> it is amazing that it's February twentieth, and we sent him a check in two thousand twenty-one, and he hasn't cashed it because I guess it's not enough figures. No, was that no, no? I cashed it the other day, believe it. And I thanks for the re I told you thanks for the reminder. You know, some sorry, things. Sorry, you know, Kenny, sorry, some things just don't more. move the needle. You know what I mean? All right. I got it, you know. I got We're a check. We're trying to from, help you, Ray. Jeez. I got a check from Sag. I put right next to it was for twenty eight cents. <laughs> they were both in the same pile. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, I didn't cash that one either. Both? Oh. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> you know, I, mean, was, I don't was... know if this is a radio bit or if there's a number that would make you happy, but. Um... <laughs> 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 
That's so good. Oh. <laughs> uh, you that, went right. You went right with the sag. Uh, the residual checks. Yeah. But at least Harry, you beat. At least you beat the last one. Oh man. Nice <laughs> little uh, throw clear on the way out. Harry Connick. <laughs> Harry Connick, can you give us a love, Harry it. love um, it? So, anikfloreanpodcast.com for your t-shirts. Best-selling t-shirt. Um, second to probably the Fight Island ones that are now limited edition because we got really scared. limited editions. Wow, we're really playing uh, oddball. Ray's shirt said, uh, punch a hole in his fucking chest. That was the number one seller in 2021. I think we need to do shirts that say Harry Connick loves the lasagna. Oh, shoot, man. I like, like it. Culture, see, that's not bad. I think I'm going. I'm going to try to get some acting stuff into in the, in the next couple of months. Good, those checks are nice. Back. I like it. That's Kenny, good. We got some good stuff <laughs> on the way, buddy. Go. Get ready. All right, Let's go. Well, we can't take the handsome out of you. I can tell you've lived in cold weather your whole life because you don't have any wrinkles. Wow. Yeah. Red red light therapy every day. Is that what it is? I, I don't. Maybe I don't do you know. Do that every day? Yes. That honestly, that's amazing. My dear late friend Susie was doing that a lot down the stretch. Oh, well, was she? Uh, yeah, that sucks, man. Don't even. Yeah, I know. Yeah, let's end on a positive note. I hope she was doing yeah. it before, not you know. Oh uh, yeah. Not thinking that could help her, but I I do love the red light therapy for sure. Yeah, I think Tony Ferguson was one that uh, turned her on to it, if I'm not mistaken. And no, Cody, I don't get residual checks from being uh, in the movie Warrior. Uh, hey, Ray. What about, what about Kingdom? Do you get anything from that? That's Ken Flo's deal. That was me. Oh. I do, actually. Do I you do. really? I didn't yeah, know Netflix, I I know, I didn't know Netflix yeah. had residuals. Little, little, little checks here and there. Wow. Yeah. And Shit. and he immediately buys Bitcoin with it. Yeah. How's <laughs> yeah. it been? Kenny, what's the play on Bitcoin? Give me something to buy. You know what? Actually, now's a good time to get it. And, uh, and I think uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin what a, only. That's what. That's what I do. But, oh, that's uh, it. No, no, e, yeah. no Ethereum. Nothing. Could, could it go up? Yes, but I think Bitcoin's the play. It's like if you look at what's happening over in Canada, where they're freezing funds and stuff like that. With Bitcoin, you can't do that. So uh, I think it's going to be more important than ever as we move into. Wait, the next and you don't think they'll figure out a way to freeze those funds eventually? Yeah. Here's the beautiful thing: you can't. You can't. Right. You absolutely can't. That's the that's the unique thing about Bitcoin. But you just got to have it. You got to have it on your own wallet and keep it yourself. But, anyways, if you have I'll any get... questions, let me know. No, no, definitely, I definitely do. I want to try to get involved with that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. tell you right now, right? Because I'm the ignorant guy who leans on Kenflow. I tell my wife. We all tell our wives, like, you know, you just got to trust Kenny, honey. Um, <laughs> the Bitcoin. So you know right now, Kenny, 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 years ago, when that thing was, I'm gonna say. Guys got in on it maybe at twelve thousand. Oh yeah. No, no, okay, seriously. Yeah. Then it, yeah. then it, or it might have went up to nineteen. Then it dropped yeah. way yeah. down, and they yeah. probably got rid of it. But I remember everybody in the gym like panicking, and yes, uh, it was right in that under twenty though for sure yeah. in that category. Yeah. Probably about six years ago, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or exactly, yeah. I mean, um, two thousand seventeen, something like that. Yeah, I would say around there. Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But uh, to see where it is now, it's crazy. And then it, it will drop, and then it'll go right back up again. Yeah. You know, it's still still new to the market. So, but you you don't, but but it's hard to follow like a regular stock. It doesn't it doesn't react to the market the same way. Is that correct? I think so. I think so. I think it, it's kind of separate from that. But okay, in some right. cases, it's yeah, it it's tricky. <laughs> all right, cool. And yeah. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna catch up with you with that. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. 
and let me just say, as the layman, I think this might help you. You look at me with this like sneaky, <laughs> condescending look. Like, what does this black <laughs> have to offer this conversation? Oh, I, no, I, I thought maybe you rethought out Brock Lesnar's toes. You were going to tell us about this fucking guy, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's why I was looking. I thought that's what you were. That's not what you're going to say. No, I was going to say the Any other hands you want to talk about next week. The Trevor Whitman minute on the Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's oh, got funny. no use for this. Trevor's a, no, Trevor's I, a real no. dude. Trevor's a real dude. He's got it was no a use. Terrible for this. example, honestly. No, right? I'm He's the like, only buffoon that could pull this job off. Trust me. <laughs> Nobody right. else wants to Trevor do that. Trevor literally would have less uh, than zero interest. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so Bitcoin does. right now is at thirty-eight thousand four hundred twenty-five yeah. U.S. dollars. Okay, so I'll t- I think this is going to be helpful. Okay, so my average buy price is a is above that, right? So right now, as I sit here um, on Sunday, February 20th, I have lost money on Bitcoin. And let me tell you how concerned I am about that. Not in the slightest bit. Yes, you know, at all. And Whoa. I will perpetually buy it at all sorts of different rates, um, small buys. Uh, and, and to me, it is easy to follow. Yeah, it bounces all over the place. But for me, it's like sports gamblers like me addicts right or avid sports gamblers it's almost like the losses are are like like as gratifying as the wins at some it's crazy the way it affects you it's like of course this shit fucking went down the day my wife goes but, but john if we, if we had your money though we wouldn't give a shit either way where, where it went no who would care there's this misconception that television people make a lot of money just because we fly uh, business class seriously <laughs> You like that? He he puts a oh, he puts man. a mask over his eyes when people are walking by. There's that cocksucker. Look, he's sitting in first <laughs> class, gloating. Hey, next time we're on a plane poor, together, poor if fucking seats behind mine. Will I would gladly switch with you. Well, any of your fights, <laughs> no, no, okay? I, you know, yeah, very just, good. I'll be. I I'll just be... can't. You know, don't blame my television performance on my. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fuck, man. I really hope a lot of people don't download. I just listen. If you do have to sit in the back, just make sure your knees smell good. That's all, because they're going to be right up in your fucking nose. I gotta go. Let me get out of here. This is this. this Take it easy, guys. Bitcoin for everybody. Let's go. Go. I don't even know what to Ray's say. Really. Um, what a it, treasure he it is. It didn't start out as a great Ray Longo minute. If you stayed till the end, I think there was some valuable content in there. Um, hope Brian Petrie hasn't been waiting too long. We're going to get to the pronunciation of the week as we bring on our executive producer. He is Cody Merrow. Hi, Cody. <laughs> oh, I mean, Ray's turning down $10,000 cash. I mean, what kind of money is the coach making these days? Jesus. <laughs> Unbelievable. I was just over here nagging me like, oh, you, you made it. You need to get it. You made it. There's no $10,000 offer for me. I can kick rocks. Unbelievable. You know? Jesus. Harry Connick, baby. He loves that lasagna. He need 10 t-shirts. Grand. Print the T-shirts. Um, <laughs> all right. So pronunciation of the week, not unlike last week, is a repeat trying to do a service here for the fan base. So Bobby Green is fairly easy to pronounce, I would think, right? No matter your nationality. Bobby Green, Bobby Green. His opponent, though, people seem to struggle with. So before we play the file, most important is that you emphasize the proper syllable, even if there are little differences in what we say. We're trying to emphasize the proper syllable. So um, who is the man who's going to walk last this weekend, Cody? That's going to be Islam Makhachev. Oh, you sound, you're getting good. Islam Makhachev. Islam Makhachev. 
He put the it's not Makashev. You nailed it, Cody. Throw it off your shoulder. Outstanding. That's all. So we're emphasizing the second syllable, right? So it's not Makashev, right? It's Makashev, right? So we're not. It's not Makashev, right? Makashev fighting Bobby Green. Can you believe it? All right. With that, we get to a very patient Brian Petrie for the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And the time is most definitely for you. I finished fights. I'm gonna do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Man, do we have a lot to get yes. to with yes. you. Let's do it. Let's I've been seeing some of your content on Twitter and uh, letting the comedy flow. I'm a fan. You got a good voice. Uh, it's good to Thank see you. you. Um, before we get to uh, you cleaning it up in the sports book, um, yeah. we haven't spoken to you since your Cincinnati Bengals lost what was a very winnable Super Bowl. So I guess yeah. I'll start there. Sure. Uh, entertaining game, of course, yes. if you didn't have a dog in the fight, but I kind of felt like I had a dog in the fight, even though I'm not a Bengals fan. Um, I don't know how you sleep after that one as a Bengals <sighs> fan. What were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Yeah, so the night of was tough. TV, I turned the TV off after you know the fourth down and completion. Turned the TV off. I couldn't right. watch the celebration. Wife and I sat there for 20 minutes and didn't say a word. No uh, sleep Sunday night. Sunday night was rough. But I, I listen, being a miserable sports fan is what this is all about. Being a happy sports and everything. You know, I hate those fucking guys that jump on bandwagons and they're like, well, yeah, that team lost. I'm going to root for this team now. No, but I, it's hard to be negative with this team. I mean, Joe Burrow's first full season went to the Super Bowl. We were four and 11 last year. Yeah. Jamar yeah. Chase wins rookie of the year. T. Higgins, second year. Tyler Boyd signed up for two more years. Joe Mixon's only 25. We just oh. signed our coach. We didn't lose any other coaches. We lost a defensive uh, linebackers coach today, but we re-signed, I think, a better one. So it's like I, I it's hard for me to get upset, and I think that's so fucking boring. I mean, listen, there's times where, like, I'll be driving and my body gets hot. It's because I'm thinking about the game, and I've never experienced loss like that. But I will say one thing. One thing I will say is how the fuck do you call holding on Logan Wilson on third and goal? I want that ref's name. I want to look at his bank statements. There's kangaroo court going on. I can't. I can't fucking believe it. they didn't throw any flags all game. Well, that's and you the throw rough, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it went both ways. J- Jalen Ramsey held Higgins on a touchdown that could have been a touchdown blatantly, and Logan Wilson p- plays it perfectly, and you called on him, and yeah. then that changed the game because then they they went three more plays and then finally scored. The fucking clock drained down. Oh yeah. my god! That's yeah, it. I, 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 I've been I've been keeping it cool all week, and you know, at work, guys right, are right. like this and that, Open and I'm just like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, right, I mean, yeah. how old are you? Tw- uh, thirty-five. Right, twenty thirty-five. Yeah, you I, lie no, and tell no, other people you're no, 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 no. I saw a comment where someone said I look like I'm in high school. I felt that I have a very well, big baby face, but no, no I'm thirty-five. Cool. I feel right. like I'm twenty-nine. But so yeah, and I'm hopeful for your Bengals, but thank you. It's like you just got to fucking capitalize when you get there. All right. You guys both had a good week, so let's get to it in the main event challenge. Team Florian plus 1.2 units on the week puts you minus 4.2 on the year. Um, Brian Petrie swept the board, folks. 4-0 on the week. That included an an underdog play on Jim Miller at plus 155. So plus 4.5 units gives our team the lead. Minus 2.9 units as we move along. Uh, four picks today. We're picking the featured prelim because I decided that we would. I, I love the fight. Ignacio Baamundes minus 255. Rongju plus 205. Rongju 
more pro fights than years on the planet. He is 21 years old, one of the youngest fighters in the UFC, if not the youngest. Uh, 18 and four is a pro. Baamandez coming off a huge spinning wheel kick knockout of the uh, no longer in the UFC Roosevelt Roberts. BP, what do you have for us on the featured prelim, sir? Ignacio Bahamundes. It's ah, the funnest name to say. I good. love his name. I love his style, too. I mean, comes from uh, vint, uh, lineage in kickboxing. His father, grandfather was a kickboxer. Um, impressed me on the Contender Series. And then his debut, they throw him in there with fucking Jock McDesty, who is a seasoned vet striker and showed pretty well. I mean, the big thing about Bahamundes is obviously sometimes, you know, the wake, I mean, he's big. He's big for the, the division, 6'3". The wake can be an issue, and then he gets hit a lot. He likes to get hit a lot. Rongju, 21-year-old banger. Oh. So much experience on the Chinese regional scene, which unfortunately doesn't really hold up too, too well, in, in my opinion. He's one and one in the UFC, loss of Vargas, and he won his last time out where uh, it was uh, Brandon Jenkins' third-round stoppage. He looked okay. He looked all right, but he is a banger. But he's 5'9", Bohemondes is 6'3". Bohemondes has great kicks, and uh, I think he just keeps him at distance, keeps him at range. Don't let Rongju get in and, and throw those heavy hands. He has does have heavy hands, has some knockouts. I like Bohemondes here, probably by decision. I think Rongju is durable. He's confident young man. Uh, but give me Bohemondes by decision here. I'm, I'm hiring this kid. Tough fight for Rongju. I, I hate to be the guy who sort of fence sits and says, oh, I wish these guys didn't have to fight each other because one guy's taken a loss. Because I do think when you look at this Chinese contingent, Rongju is a guy who I think potentially could make some noise and uh, he'll have to come through here as an underdog. Kempfel, what do you have for us on this one? Yeah, listen, I, I don't think it's odd out of the question that Rongju wins this fight. You know, he is a banger. Sometimes Bahamundes will get a little excited and, and throw down as well. But I do think Bahamundes has more skills. I, I do think he should be able to win this fight. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Bahamundes as well. <clears throat> All right, the Armenian, Armand Sarukyan, minus 320, taking on Joel Alvarez, who's plus 250. Both guys have won four in a row. Alvarez, 19-2. and two. This is a sneaky big fight at lightweight. Sarukyan has maybe had more big spots and more shine on his name, but um, certainly the winner of this fight is going to be heard from. Brian, what do you think about Sarukyan north of 3-1 uh, to one here against Alvarez? I love this fight. I think this fight should become an event. I mean, both yeah. these guys are 155ers that not a lot of people talk about, but they're fucking real deal. Alvarez fell off my radar. You know, he debuted against Demiris Magulov and then kind of fell off, but he won four in a row and all four finishes. And stopping Tiago Moses the way he did is fucking impressive. The only big thing is the guy needs to make weight. He's 6'3", 155. He's 28 years old. If you're not making weight now, you're definitely not making it at 30. He's probably going to see 170 in his future. And Armand came in and debuted against Islam Makachev. And did well. I mean, not many people can say that. They, he fucking did well in him. And he's a young kid. And he's also won four in a row as well. But, you know, he, he knocked out a, a, a tough Jagos who, who is, is, a, is, a, is a durable guy. But I don't really see him being, um, like, high level. That's his only finish. He's usually a decision guy. Uh, Alvarez, though, the more I slip, the more I, I, I look at this guy, and I'm, I'm so impressed with him. And I, I don't, don't know really – like how, like, because MMA Twitter loves Armand. I mean, they love him, and, and and because of what he's done, and he's a he's a beast of a, a grappler. He's getting on top of you. He's gonna smother you. Alvarez is good off his back. He's good on top. He's long. He's a good striker. And I think I like Alvarez because of the number next to his name. I mean, he got plus two fifty. I mean, I can see him catching, uh, uh, you know, uh, some hands because he's long, or even a submission because he's crafty off his back. He's got good chokes. He has long legs. He has good arm bars. Good triangles. Um, I'm gonna go Alvarez by sub. And that's going to be a nice little prop. Props aren't available yet, but uh, give me Alvarez as the dog here. How about that? Oh. Kenny, it is interesting, right? Because the one flaw of our system, and I love our new scoring system, truest way to do it, thanks to the listenership for directing us this way with units, right? But it forces you to make a pick on fights rather than giving you a wallet, right? So 
you at minus 4.2 units is not a real reflection of your wallet, right? And yet you guys are both sitting here in the red and I just get to like set it up like, oh, minus 4.2, you know, you know. Um, so I can understand why, you know, he doesn't want to like lay minus 3.2. Other people think Saruk Yan to the MMA Twitter point uh, is all the rage. Your thoughts on this fight? Big fight at 55. Yeah, I'm a little upset here. Brian, um, you know, made made a good call here. Alvarez uh, is a very good fighter, man. I think uh, people are sleeping on him. Um, you know, got into the sport 18 years old. He's been, you know, training and fighting now, you know, uh, 10 years. And I think he's really kind of coming into his own now uh, and feeling himself. Sarukian, kind of the same deal, more of a grappler, of course. Um, and, and that's how he's going to win this fight. I don't think he wants to stand up with Alvarez for too long. Can he uh, for a little bit? Sure, he hits hard and stuff like that, but Alvarez is way more skilled on the feet, in my opinion, and that's where uh, Alvarez can win this fight. I think Alvarez, yeah, he's dangerous. He could maybe get a submission too, but Sarukian, if he wins this fight, it's going to be because of his takedowns, his ground and pound, all that stuff. Um, I like Alvarez here as well. I think there's a lot wow. of value on him. Uh, his reach, uh, the, how dynamic he is as a striker. Um, I like it, man. Yeah, I, I think Alvarez is going to surprise people. Good stuff. We'll see where the betting line closes. You guys have had uh, a pension for moving the uh, the betting line with your predictions. Co-main event, Misha Sirkunov, minus 125. Wellington Terman, plus 105. So Terman, interesting case here. Right now training in Danbury, Connecticut with Glover Teixeira. At a big fight against Adolfo Vieta, go away at UFC 270 last month in Anaheim. Uh, and good on the UFC, by the way, for turning him around quickly in a big spot here against now middleweight Sirkunov, who failed in his first UFC attempt at 155 pounds. Brian Petrie, who do you have in the co-main event? I don't have the best read on this one. They're very similar, right? So both guys are big 85ers, obviously. And Sirkunov's the guy who's going to take you down and take your arm or neck home with him. He's going to check it with his fucking luggage. And Wellings Herman's going to take you down, and he's going to really keep position, try to pound in a little bit right out of decision. Doesn't have many finishes on his record. Uh, both guys are susceptible to getting hit as well. They both Their chins are a little suspect at times. They've both been knocked out a few times. I think this is a classic two grapplers are going to cancel out. I think um, the takedowns are going to be advantage of Terman. I think he can get on top of Sirkunov is dangerous kind of everywhere. We've seen that. You know, he tapped out Jimmy Crute with that Peruvian necktie. But I just think when you when you cancel out and this could be two grapplers striking, it's going to be, you know, kind of a coin flip situation. I think the line is priced where it is. I'm going to go Terman because he's younger. I think he might catch uh, uh, Sirkunov later in the fight here. I'm going to go Terman by TKO. Determined by Glover Teixeira effect, not unlike the Brandon Moreno effect. Yeah. Ken Flo, what do you have on the co-main kid? Yeah, these guys are very similar. I tend to feel that Sirkinov is probably the better grappler as far as who the better striker is. I don't know. Terman maybe hits a little bit harder. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with Sirkinov here. Uh, I think his grappling in the end will shine a little bit brighter. Um, let's go with Misha. A lot of my strategy, too, if I was in Ken Flo's seat picking last all the time, which is total fucking bullshit, by the way. But I would uh, I would be going opposites all day. I would even make a case for Alvarez, but I would just take Saruk Yan because he went right. the other way. And it's like right. have a chance for a two-point swing as a three-to-one favorite. Um, but that's just me. Maybe one day I'll, uh, I'll get a chance. All right, main event. Islam Makashev, minus 720. Bobby Green, plus 500. Sean Shelby called me Nostradamus, which made me so happy. But no, um, I didn't I didn't have any part in manifesting this, but I do believe that for a fighter 
to realize a UFC main event like Vicente Luque will, like Bilal Muhammad has. It's a very special thing, and I'm happy Bobby Green gets to do so. And um, I do think stylistically you could argue that he has a better chance that's, than some guys that are in the top 12 or so. Um, but he's plus 500 here. Islam Makashev, Brian, going for a 10th consecutive win as the minus 720 favorite. Who do you have in the main event? And uh, if you have a lean as to how they get it done, we'll take that as well. Absolutely. I'm glad you addressed it because there's a lot of rumblings that you're like the secret matchmaker. You put that out to the universe and all of a sudden, 10 days later, he gets a fucking main event. I love it. People in the know like Sean Shelby, listen to the Anakin Floyd. Yeah, they know. They know. Uh, I love this fight. And before we get to the breakdown, I want to give both. Bobby Green's going to get a lot of the credit for taking this fight. I want to compliment Islam because he's got more to lose. He's the guy that's the next up. And this is a fucking dangerous fight. Bobby Green's really good. So prop to both guys are taking this. I'm glad it's at a catch weight, you know, because Bobby just fought. Uh, Islam coming off three sub finishes, which is impressive, especially when he subbed Tiago Moises, who's a world-class guy on the ground. And for all the Khabib guys out there, the real, you know, the hardcore Khabib guys, maybe plug ears a little bit here. I think Islam might be better submissions than Khabib was. I just, I think his jiu-jitsu's better. Khabib finished his career with some good finishes, but he was more of like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you on the ground as opposed to taking your arm or neck. And Islam, he gets you the ground, he uses his position, he uses the technique, and he takes him. He's submitting Dan Hardy the way he did was very impressive. Tiago Moises, like I mentioned earlier. And then he had to Bobby Green. This guy is a fucking stud. I picked against him couple weeks ago, burned me in the ass. And, you know, I, I thought about that. I went back and watched tape. He's fought some good guys. I mean, listen, he fought Jacob Volkman in GFC debut, and people were like, who the fuck's that? Yeah, this is a guy who would just constantly dive your legs. He was a, he'd do one-track mind, wrestle, wrestle, and Bobby Green finished him. He fought Clay Guida not too long ago, same situation. Clay Guida's a little more involved, but he was diving up Bobby's legs. Bobby keeps his hands low. He's got that swagger to him. It's really hard to get doubles from far out. Uh, you know, you're going to have to get in clinch. Uh, you have to clinch him up. And I think that's what Islam's going to do. But with, with doing that, he's going to have to get in striking range. And and I don't want to be an asshole. Bobby Green, if you're listening, I love you. You're a fair fighter. But I got to go Islam here because I think Islam's going to be the champ. And Bobby Green has only been submitted one time in his pro career, at least what I could f- uh, figure out. That was by Dan Lozon, Joe Lozon's younger brother back in 2009. Um, he's never been submitted in the UFC. He's only been finished once in the UFC. That was a Dustin Poirier and a really – competitive fight but give me islam by sub because you're gonna have to approve that number he's 720 now he's gonna maybe close right. close to a thousand so give me islam by sub you're gonna maybe get a you are gonna get a better price and and that's what i like here because i think islam's the future and kenny finished uh dan's brother joe Lozon in two. <laughs> yeah he did yeah he did was oh, that colorado yeah. what do you think i'm gonna miss an opportunity <laughs> I mean, oh, all day. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to bid yeah. on the 30 foot octagon that Keith is selling too. Especially Unreal. after today's episode, talking about business class tickets, have half the fan base after me. Um, <laughs> Kenny, again, like when Valentina Shevchenko fights and Islam Akashev fights, right? These are going to be our most inflated numbers of the year, especially with our system. Like if you guys pick Valentina and she loses, you're probably going to be in the red for the year because it's yep. like a 12 point loss. Um, no value, I wouldn't think, on Islam for people here. Um, what are your thoughts on what Bobby Green can do? I saw he he's trying to sort of like do the right things in the limited amount of time that he has. He doesn't have to cut but to 160, I believe, right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's aligned with Daryl Christian, you know. Um, he of USA Wrestling fame. So I think that's a good person for him to be trying to get some quick little knowledge from. Um, what are your thoughts on the main event? And ultimately, we'll need a winner. 
Yeah, listen, I, what Bobby Green has going for him is the fact that he's a very unorthodox fighter. He's not a guy that can be easily replicated. Um, and he's just tough, man. And he throws strikes from everywhere. Um, and he, he's not going to be intimidated. But um, I think where he's at a disadvantage, obviously, he's taking the fight on short notice. And the other thing is, no matter who you get, right, you can get the most uh, knowledgeable and most technical and best wrestling coach or best grappling coach in the world. They can't they can't impart on you that knowledge that's going to save you in a couple weeks, you know, and not even in a couple months. You so. It takes a lot of sensitivity. It takes a lot of work. So because of that, it's hard to bet um, against Mahashev, a, a guy who has looked so dominant against guys that uh, have been ranked higher than Bobby Green, uh, guys that are very experienced, very good everywhere. And I also think, you know, Brian made a great point. He may have better submissions than Habib, but I think where Habib's better is maybe positionally, but I do agree with Brian that submission-wise, he's probably sharper. I also think he's a far superior striker than Habib as well. So he can set up those takedowns even better in a lot of ways because he's a little bit more orthodox, a little bit more traditional, and doesn't drop his hands or raise his chin up like Habib used to. So uh, there's a lot of pluses uh, uh, on Mahashev. I do see him being a champion in the future, and the way to beat Bobby Green is by taking him down. And Bobby Green hasn't faced the level of grappling that he's going to face here against Mahashev. That's why it's hard to bet against him. Uh, let's go with Islam. All right, there you have it for the main event challenge. Nicely done, fellas. If you want more from B Brian Petrie, what did your friends call you growing up? Any nicknames? BP, Petrie. Bri? Last Petrie? name, right. Petrie. I mean, it's tough to get it. I mean, right. no, yeah. it's good. It's a good last name. Gives yeah. you a lot to work with if you want to procreate. Do you have kids? I do. I have two little girls. How old are they? Uh, four and one. Wow, bro. Yeah. Same same time wow. same time frame as me. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. get back to your uh, your daughters there and have a great Sunday. And uh, at MMA Takes Podcast if you want more. And uh, we will talk to you in the not-too-distant future, brother. We appreciate awesome. it. Good work, man. Thanks. See you guys. There he is, Petrie, with us, father of two, for the main event challenge. So is your daughter old enough to be like, Daddy, is that you choking choking the bloody man? Or not yet? <laughs> she, she, she has asked. Oh, yeah. yeah. She probably was asking that at like two. Yeah. And you say, yes, honey. <laughs> I am not the bloody man. Yes. Right. All right. The bloody man does not have that photo up in his house, honey. He she knows that people. now we have blood in our body. That Yeah. She's like, That's well, good. how does that happen? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. One day I'll show you the Sean Shirk fight, honey. Really serious. <laughs> All right, it is now time to determine our 2022 intern. Breaking news. Well, not so breaking. This is a paid internship. We're going to pay you monthly. Um, all right, so this was tough, right? Because all of these candidates, Cody and Kenny, were so worthy, and they're all finalists even to be in this conversation. So to Michael Alvarado and Jake Pearlstein and Nathan Vent and Luke Connell, Mason Phillips, Will Berger, uh, Dallas from Staten Island, Colin Shea, Hayden Boggs, Philip Howe, Oscar Silva, Jake Temko, I hope I mentioned you all by name. We can't thank you enough um, for all of your contributions. Will Berger, everybody else, uh, really good. We have uh, shaved it down to our... Final four. Um, Ken Flo did some fence sitting, right? It's like, uh, so Cody, what, what do you have to add uh, before we sort of announce the uh, the finalists and ultimately the winner? 
Well, just, you know, thanks for everybody for the kind words for me, particularly, uh, uh, you know, all the, all the great compliments that were right. coming my way are much appreciated, of course. And I eliminated make- Oscar Silva because of all the Cody Merrow praise. So Oscar, we love you. Cody will be in touch. I think he has something in, in the plans for you, but I eliminated him, him based on all the Cody Merrow love actually. Right. Of course. Yeah. No, but we will be reaching out to everybody. We'll make sure that you don't leave home empty handed. We love our fan base. Right. We uh, yes. really want to be the podcast for the fans, you know, we just want to weigh in on all the good stuff, you know? And it's like the runner-up in like the Miss USA or Miss Universe should should the duties. Uh, as intern of the Anakin Florian uh-huh. podcast, we could always have someone step in to replace them. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. actually the runner-up, I guess, in this instance um, would be that person. All right. Yeah. This was really hard, right? Um Colin Shea, like, was probably my favorite personality of the group. Like, Colin, want to hang out with you at Worcester State University, and maybe we could do some recreational drugs or something. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, just outside the top four. Dallas from Staten Island has a history with this program, as loyal a supporter as we have. Way exceeded the time limit, as did Hayden Boggs, both eliminated. Sorry, right? I mean, there have to be some rules, Cody. I mean, you gave them, what, three minutes apiece, if not more? What are we doing here? I love you guys. I'm just fucking around. Um, what else do we have here? Love the Jake Temko vibe, but um, unfortunately not in our top four. Um, all right. I mean, Mason Phillips with Colby Covington's walkout song was so great. All right. Here we go. Um, coming in fourth and getting Anakin Florian podcast or one more sleep merchandise at the very least. Uh, Luke Connell, super genuine dude. Probably the front runner for 2023 Anakin Florian podcast intern, uh, but he finishes fourth this year. Congratulations to Luke, one of the finalists. Kenny, Jake Perlstein finishes third. He paid for a cameo from Al yeah. Quinta. Um, Got to be in the top four, right? I mean, Al nailed it. Uh, Jake didn't really tell us much more as to what he would add to the podcast. But. He did not. I think that's where it hurt him a little bit, right? But it was cool. Like you could see, he 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 wanted the job. He 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 got, um, you know, a guy associated with Ray Longo. You know, trying to get his foot in the door there. So we yeah, appreciate yeah, that effort. Yeah. yeah. Well, and see, the tough part is I thought we were getting Al as like one of the intern like people. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like Al Quinto will be the intern. Yeah, that would right. be great. He will now. Yeah. So All right. Got him in. That's good. Stuff. Our runner up. Uh, was a guy that one person had as their number one choice, right? So our runner-up is a guy that uh, that could have been the guy. Um, our runner-up is Nathan Vent. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt, right? Ken Flo elevates for that. I give you a demerit for practicing <laughs> jiu-jitsu in a gi in 2022. Um, but I liked his comedy. Uh, has some editing skills. Um, so Nathan Vent is our runner-up. Um, but the man who will be the 2022 paid intern for the Anakin Florian podcast is Will Berger. Congratulations, Will. No nonsense, Will Berger, right? Sorry to step on Keith Peterson's dick there, right? But he has a bachelor's degree in audio production, um, spoke of his technical skills, and that wasn't like the be-all and, and end-all for all of us, sure. right? But when I heard him say that he wants to translate those skills and that work into the podcast industry, it kind of felt like this was a guy that not only could help us with his skills, but that we could maybe give a push to um, to really try to take his career to the next level. And I think while that would have applied to all of you, um, congratulations to Will Berger. Cody, what do you have? Well, I just thought it was funny that Reg has you so afraid to say stepping on somebody's toes that you went to stepping on huh. somebody's dick. Like, you yeah. just, just <laughs> jumped right to right. the crotch. But no, we're, 
grateful to uh, have somebody added on the team that can help us get this podcast out to more people. And there are big things coming for the ANF podcast here in 2022 that we cannot reveal yet, but there will be big things coming. Congratulations, Will Berger. We look forward to having you as part of the team. Um, and to all of you, we really appreciate everything that you uh, brought to the table with those videos. Um, all right, anticfloriampodcast.com if you want to learn more about the show, buy merchandise. Um, Cody probably tweeting out promo codes all the time on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Uh, millions.co for your One More Sleep merchandise as well. And don't forget Kenny Florian with his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu essentials. I'm a little underslept. Is it Kenny Florian Mixed Martial Arts.com? It's Kenny Florian Martial Arts.com. And Fuck. you do AF15 for 15% off. AF15. Yes. All right. AF15, the promo code. Kenny Florian Martial Arts.com. You got it. Yeah, you don't need the word mixed in there. That's a good website. All right. Thank you all for indulging us. Another one in the can. We are back with you next Sunday or Monday, and we will see if Islam Makhachev has extended his winning streak to 10 or if Bobby Green effectively flips the sport on its axis as we are conditioned to seeing all too often. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. For Ken Flo, for Cody, for Ray, for Brian Petrie, uh, and Will Berger. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, have a great week. Stay healthy. See you later. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So when you are at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel a touch overwhelmed. Perhaps you're not showing up the way that you would like to. I can certainly relate. You know, there's a phrase in the song, there's no business like show business, and it says there's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. And for me, being in the public eye has been challenging, at least in terms of always projecting happiness when perhaps that's not how I'm feeling. Well, whatever your situation, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. And when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws your way. For me, it's imperative that I'm my best self in order to just perform at a high level. And when I don't feel that way, BetterHelp is a great option and a great resource for therapy. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. That gets you matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch out anytime for no additional charge if you're not happy. For me, I'm on the road about 100 nights a year, so being able to connect with someone remotely was absolutely huge for me. And my mindset really candidly has changed for the better. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Florian today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Florian. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I am Dr. George Jesus Mesa, a clinical psychologist and collector of Chicano Latinx art. For generations, we have known of the healing powers of art at an individual and community level. Please join us as we interview prominent artists, collectors, curators, and influencers in the world of Chicano Latinx art. 
we will explore historical, regional, and political influences that impact Chicano Latinx art today, along with our partners at www.latinoarte.com. We are preserving the colorful and rich history of Chicano Latinx art for future generations, one interview at a time. Please join us at Healing with Dr. George, The Power of Chicano Latinx Art, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. 